There was a time when I was so brokenhearted. Love wasn't much of a friend of mine, but you know who are my friends, my good buddies here on Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Borset, joined as always by the grumpy, the lovable John Mariano. How are you tonight, John? Are we here again for this? Yep. We're doing another one. Why not? But we're not doing uh, it alone, John. We have a permanent uh, co-host coming on the show. Everybody, you know him. You love him. He's a podcaster. He's an author. He's an amateur magician. Uh, on the weekends, uh, he's working with Ka on Cirque du Soleil on the Las Vegas Strip and performing his one-man show, Will There Ever Be a Rainbow? You, He's the legend, Scott Haskins. Scott, welcome permanently to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Well, thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be a part of the show. You know, it was it was fun because last time we were just talking about it and thought, yeah, that'd be neat if we worked it out. And then, what, an hour later, you said, hey, let's just do it. And I'm and all that's in. That's how easy it was, yeah. Anybody else want to be a co-host, just shoot us a line. We'll put you on the show, too. Why not? My favorite thing that we have, Scott, now is I, I feel so familiar with working with him. Uh, and and he's gone. And he just left. He, he, he was here a minute ago, and now he's gone. We were just doing a nice intro for him. Now we can talk uh, shit about him. What a fucker. Yeah, His first yeah. show and he leaves the Zoom call. Look, look, you've had me listen to a bunch of Scott's work. And, uh, you know, Scott, Scott's kicking ass and taking names. And I'll just I'll just take this moment to vamp on Scott a little because I feel, look, I know I know we're just starting out with him, but he was here last week. I and we were talking to him a little bit before the show. I feel like we work with Scott all the time at this point. Like it just yeah. feels that way. You know, it's like an old friend. It feels like we've been doing this show with him for like seven weeks now, doesn't it? I don't know about. I don't do math. Math is hard. Oh, I think he's rejoining the Zoom call. We can't talk hell? shit about him anymore. Right, right when we're introing you, you fucking take off. So we talk shit about you. And now you're back. How am I, I going to learn about myself if I don't hear these little bits? We were just saying that it, it seems like we, we've been working with you forever. Almost like we've been doing shows with you for the last seven weeks. It does feel like that. And I've enjoyed all of them that we haven't done yet. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, you guys remember last week, uh, Scott was on the show. Uh, we begged him to come on and lend some uh, some credibility out of this train wreck that we call Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, and he gladly accepted. So, uh, geez, are you a glutton for punishment, Scott? Why do you hate yourself? How can I say no to these cute little faces? Well, you, you, you know what? We, we've done a little bit of vamping about you, Scott, but being that you're joining the crew, why don't you give the listeners i hate calling them fans because i i yeah. i think people like hate listen to us i don't think that people like enjoy it um so so can you give them some idea about like a why you'd want to join us and a, a little bit about like your work you do outside of like this nonsense you deal with us sure uh well first of all you know whenever i've been a guest with you guys or, or with Corey on uh, and the podcast will rock like i have such a great time hanging out with you guys i do my own shows and it's it's really different doing them by yourself you know you have to cover everything it's it's nice to have a little bit of back and forth with some people and and really get into some good discussions so that's one of the reasons. And plus, you know, I, I want to learn a lot more about Aerosmith. They're not a band I, I know in and out like uh, like I do others. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great time for all of us. The one thing that uh, excited me was that John and I, you know, John just provides the, the eye candy. 
uh, for a podcast. Um, whereas I, I, I'm a general fan of the band, but you kind of provide that musical expertise that I think this show is missing and that you could talk about musically, uh, kind of what's happening with the band. Cause th- these are five pretty talented uh, fellows here in Aerosmith. Oh, for sure. And I think that, that you two need a little bit of a buffer between you, you sometimes to just kind of, oh, yeah. you know, keep things a little calm. John is confrontational. I don't know if you know that, Scott. But uh... nah, not with me. Not at all. Like, <laughs> first of all, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Scott. You're you're what I like to think of as a successful podcaster, right? Like, why are you slumming it with us? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? It's going to be fun. You know what? Well, I mean, both of the shows that I do, the Haskin Cast podcast and Uriah Heap, the Magicians podcast, I do by myself. I have the occasional co-host on, uh, but it's pretty much just me yammering about whatever, doing an album review or, you know, when I get to do interviews. But uh, apart from that, it's it's just me. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to having some other voices to interact with and have some thoughts that aren't just mine. I hear what you're saying. Right. But Optimus Prime likes to go hang out with the other Autobots or like other Transformers. And basically, you're coming to hang out with the GoBots. <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short. This is a great show. I mean, I've, I've loved this show since episode one. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with John. GoBots is a good analogy. <laughs> we've done at least three of these at this point, right, Corey? I lost count. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what number we're on. I think this is 41, actually. But GoBots are people too. Ish. <laughs> they, they may not be a bumblebee, but they're up there. I don't even remember. The, I remember I had a GoBot. I couldn't tell you who the fuck it was, though. Like, I don't it, remember any of their names. It, one, one of them was Ace, and Ace was an airplane. <laughs> well, that's clever. Never really expected that. And their Megatron, I think it was called Chopper or something. He was a motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> I, I watched Mask. I didn't watch the, or get into the GoBots too oh. much. Mask was tremendous. Mask is awesome. Love so waiting for my car. A movie. I'm waiting for my car to grow wings so I could fly. I'm waiting for my motorcycle to get a little helicopter propeller on it so I could. I, 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 that's also the one I fly. Have. So I yeah. can also exactly. fly. Yeah, copycat. so I can also fly. I am. I'm not thinking if not a copycat. Scott, Scott, if you had a vehicle that could transform into another vehicle, which two would you want? I would probably want like a really slicked out van that could transform into like a giant hummingbird because they can fly in any direction. They they have like the ability to just fly and stop at will. Off the top of my head, that's what I'd go with. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Welcome to the show. I mean, I, when, the way Scott was starting, that I have a really slicked out van that transforms into a smaller, less tricked out van. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, that's, uh, like, I was right. either, yeah I, I thought oh he might go like submarine he might go in like battle oh. tank something cool fucking hummingbird i didn't what think the about hell is water that? well i was I just was... Thinking, thinking about the ability to get places really quickly and stop on a dime and you know there's there's nothing that flies like a hummingbird i don't, I don't know Las Vegas. Vegas. is that me. possible to get from one place to another really quickly i don't think so not with our stoplights no um have you ever seen george of the jungle I don't think I have. Oh, if they had vines going from building to building, you could get there really fast. There you well, I played Jungle Hunt, if that counts. Oh, that was a great game. That was. That was. It was like better pitfall. 
it was it was it was boring though after like three rounds then you're like all right vines again okay rocks again okay water again okay racist headhunters again i mean that was every game back then all right you can catch more on uh, john and scott's 80s podcast 80s <laughs> video game podcast Look, pod man coming up soon I, i'm sure I, i'm trying to warm the three people listening right now up to the idea that there's now three of us and that okay. the numbers are now even again and you have to go find yourself a fourth listener so that way you guys can outnumber us because right now we just evened up this battle i don't know if that's possible a fourth listener that sounds like too many like i'm, I'm shocked we're at three in, in fairness we probably we, we probably had three and Scott was one of them, and now he's on our team, and now it's a three to two ratio of listeners, two listeners to three people on the podcast. So if the other two of you want to join us, by all means, just write in. Okay, I'm and we stop, should say I'll stop listening ahead. to the show just to balance out that number so that we can yeah. stay in power. Oh, you, you know, you're not allowed to listen to the show if you're on the show. That's one That's of the right. rules we have here. I got to say, and we had more at one point. They probably all dropped off, but I'm looking at our at our charts on this show. Uh, we charted in Great Britain, France, Norway, Argentina, and Ecuador. Nice. Not the United States or Canada, however, but... <laughs> hmm. Yet. Yet. There's still time. I tend to chart in countries I've never heard of before. Well, Scott, are you familiar with how we do the show? I am very familiar. I've listened to every episode. So, so we have we we have we have a die, and I pick two songs, or I pick three songs. Corey picks three songs, but that math doesn't work now. No. So what we should do is probably go two, two, and two. Well, and we've done that uh, before the show here tonight on the Zoom call. Uh, we gave uh, Scott our current choices on the dice, which are uh, Sheila. The Farm, uh, Kings and Queens Live from Classics Live One, Pink, Fever, and Lord of the Th uh, Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg, and so uh, we we took two off of Scott's die that we had uh, last week when we did uh, What It Takes, and uh, replaced two of ours. So Scott has taken off The Farm, very wise choice. That's a John pick, and it's terrible. And he also took off Fever, which is not such a great pick because that's a Corey song, and it's actually really really good. But those two songs are now off the die. And in its place, he's put You See Me Crying from Toys in the Attic and I'm Down, the Beatles cover from Permanent Vacation. So, Scott, maybe tell us uh, why uh, you took off one great song and one terrible song off the off the dice and why you replaced them with uh, a, a Toys in the Attic cut and one from Permanent Vacation. Well, I'm very symmetrical. If if I'm going to take off something that's really bad, I got to take off something that's really good. I like I like that balance. Um yeah, these are these are two songs that I've just absolutely loved. I mean, uh, I'm down is just such great energy, and I, you know, I'm not usually a fan of covers, but I actually like the Aerosmith version better than the Beatles song. And uh, you see me crying, God, that's just such a great performance from Steven Tyler. Beautiful piano, um, you know, you got a little bit of woodwinds in there. Uh, it's just a, a really gorgeous song, and uh, definitely looking forward to getting to really everything that that we're going to cover. But definitely, those are two of my top songs. Look, I I I, I would have picked two of Corey's songs and taken them off, but <laughs> I mean that's me. Um, I have taste, but you know, you do you, Scott. Yeah, I usually do. Try to amongst yourselves for a second here. 
I gotta double check something here. Uh, oh, now, 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 see what happens. Now we have to vamp. I, Corey. So, so just to explain what's going on here. Earlier tonight, Corey called me out for not reading his notes about what we did before the show, right? So, so now here we are, and now we're in the show, and Corey is getting caught up, probably writing more notes for me to not read later. This is what we do, Scott. Well, speaking of reading notes, you know what I could do is I could let our listeners know about the Deep Dive Podcast Network that our show and my show, Uriah Heap the Magician's podcast, is part of. And I realize the error that I've been making uh, as, as we do this because I don't have my own show listed on my list because I'm, I, it's my show, so I didn't put it on the list. I so made that, that mistake. Be... I, I use your website on the Van Halen show. When I'm reading the list and I realized I'm not saying the magician's podcast because it's not on that list. It will be. That will get fixed immediately. But yeah, I just I'm just looking at the list right now and I realize that I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of dumb. Uh, but you know who's not done this? Nate and John at the Deep Purple podcast. We have Skinnered Reconsidered. We have T-Bones Prime Cuts on the other side. Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. We have Judas Priest cast and the podcast Will Rock featuring one Corey Morissette. We have Backtracks theme music featuring John Mariano and Corey Morissette. You guys really dominate this list. I swear to God. We have have North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What, the Tom Petty Project, and Volume for All, and last but not least, the Rock Roulette podcast. God, it, you know, this list gets any longer, and I'm going to pass out by the time I get to the end of it. Oh, but I realized my mistake, and I mentioned that uh, Lord of the Thighs was one of the songs on Dice. It's not, actually. Uh, that, that's kind of in the hopper. The song we have on there currently is a Hangman Jury from Permanent oh, Vacation. So we have two tracks from Permanent Vacation eligible for tonight. So I'll just go through those again. Uh, Sheila uh, from Done With Mirrors, You See Me Crying, uh, Kings and Queens, Pink, uh, I'm Down, and Hangman Jury, uh, both from Permanent Vacation. So, John Mariano, uh, out of those six, what are you hoping to roll here tonight? Oh, I don't know. I guess one of the Scots, he's the newbie. All right, so that's You See Me Crying or I'm Down? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thank you. That's a mighty nice welcome. How about you, sir? Well, what are you hoping to hear? It, it's really because I keep score, and I, I just want to get you on the scoreboard so I can say I'm beating you. It's really not <laughs> fair to say it to you have a fair shake, Scott. Well, okay. I'll, yeah, that's I, I, I get your logic behind that, and I'll go with it. Uh, you know, you since you mentioned Hangman Jury, I'm going to go with that. I, I'd love to hear that tonight. Oh, that would be a good one. But uh, I'm I'm kind of with John. I'd like to roll one of yours tonight. You See Me Crying is one of my favorites from Toys in the Attic. I remember, what, 2018, 2019, they, they kind of threw it back in the set. And it was a big moment for Aerosmith fans. Like, oh, they're breaking out this old great deep cut from Toys in the Attic. And uh, so that's what I'm kind of hoping we roll here tonight. So we got one vote, You See Me Crying, one vote, Hangman Jury, and one vote, just whatever Scott wants. Because John, John's a pleaser. Uh, is there a live version, like a recorded version of You See Me Crying that we'll get to at some point? A live one? I don't think yeah. there is, actually. Uh, I'll have to double check the discography, but uh, unless it was on something like, uh, again, talk amongst yourselves. I'll try and look that up here. It, it could be. I didn't I didn't mention that there is a website now for our podcast. If you go to my website, scotthaskin.com, you can click on the Aerosmith podcast link. You can get uh, direct links to all of those podcasts that I mentioned earlier and links to uh, to our Twitters. 
and also a, a player that Corey was kind enough to provide me where you can listen to the most recent episode. Uh, I mean, I, I was trying to tell you, tell you, Scott, like you didn't have to put this on your website to get on the show. We were going to put you on the show either way. You you told me I had to. No, no. I told you I was trying to get Corey off the show and I was trying to bring you on, but you didn't, <laughs> you, but you didn't want to do all the work. And then we had to keep Corey. Uh, you still here, Corey? What? We were trying to I didn't like, hear that. You guys asked me why I want to be on the podcast. It's for the love. And it's the love of Aerosmith. What do you say, John? Let's roll this dice and see what we come up with. Unless you got something else you want to say. I got, I got, I got nothing. I want, I want, I want to get to the song. All, All right. right, here we go. Let's roll the dice, and we're going to come up with Hangman Jury. Scott Haskin calls a shot and gets Hangman Jury his first time out. Uh, this is a great song. It was a single off of Permanent Vacation, so this is not eligible for our mixtape, but it will be going on the uh, Ultimate Aerosmith Top 10 list. And we, since we're only at like nine songs, uh, it's got a guaranteed shot there. Uh, John, uh, 1997, you were still listening to music at this time. What were your thoughts on Permanent Vacation and Hangman Jury? I mean, Permanent Vacation is one of my favorite albums of all time. And I, I listened to this cassette. So that's what I had back then. I listened to this cassette nonstop. Um, I, I wore it out. Um, I love this track. Um, spoiler alert, I love this track. Um, but I think, can we stop for a minute? Because Scott called his shot, right? He's what he's one in and he, he, he just, he, he just, uh, Tom Berenger that from a uh, major league. Like he point, he pointed to, and then he dropped down the yep. bunt and ran to first and look, he, he's one for one right now. I'm, I'm mentally connected to the dice. Well played, son. Well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Scott, you wanted to hear this song tonight. Why is that? You know, it's it's just when you mentioned it, it just hit me like I'm hearing the harmonica. I'm hearing that, you know, just just the gentle sound of the train tracks. And, and you know, I've always imagined them just kind of sitting out in a in a farmhouse, you know, on the porch of a farmhouse or something out in the country with weeds overgrown and just having beers and grilling and just sitting back telling stories to each other. And as soon as you said that, I just wanted to be at that house. Tell you, it's one of those songs where uh, Stephen Tyler's not singing about, you know, screwing or, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle. He's talking about, you know, the murder of a wife uh, at the hands of her husband, like a, a little darker tone uh, and, you know, kind of takes on an old blues feel, like an old Lead Belly song or something. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, to me, uh, a real standout from Permanent Vacation, and I was just doing some reading, uh, Joe Perry said that the praise for this song was his biggest surprise uh, from the Permanent Vacation album. Uh, you know, couldn't believe that, uh, you know, th this kind of, you know, became as popular as it did actually on the mainstream rock songs back in 87, it hit number 14. Wow. So uh, a pretty decent showing. Remember, um, Aerosmith were, were kind of coming off the Run DMC thing, but they still weren't, you know, at, at their apex of popularity in the 80s here. That wouldn't come until, you know, pump and, and get a grip. Uh, so the fact that this song did that well, the, really the first kind of thing released from Permanent Vacation, Dude Looks Like a Lady, uh, was an official single after this. This was a promotional single beforehand. So the fact that that, that this kind of hit, uh, you know, even surprised the band. Well, it's it's not, you know, a, a normal rock and roller or something that you would think that they would have released. This would, you would think would be maybe a B-side on a 45 if they were still releasing 45s or or when they were doing single cassettes. I wouldn't have thought that this would be a song to release, but definitely a really enjoyable album track. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, and Jim Valance, a Canadian boy. 
uh, worked with Joe, with uh, Brian Adams quite a bit. Of course, this album produced by Bruce Fairburn, uh, another uh, Canadian lad. Uh, what do you say? Uh, I, I'm kind of kind of chomping at the bit to hear this one here. Let's uh, spin a little Hangman Jury from 1987's Permanent Vacation. opening i gotta say i love the atmosphere of the song like i feel like we're sitting on an old school wooden porch with some rocking chairs and everybody everybody with their makeshift instruments and they're just jamming around and like it feels like that type of setting for a rock band i think that's pretty ballsy yeah i would agree the only thing that we're missing is somebody playing like a jug uh it, it sounds like one of those like uh I think Joe Perry said that he got this look on an old funky silver tone guitar. Uh, Scott, what, what did you think about about that uh, initial kind of uh, guitar sound that came out? I absolutely love it. I mean, it, it sounds really deep and, and rich, and and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's like washed in reverb, but the sound feels really big. Uh, it almost it reminded me wow. of of like a a Bon Jovi song. I can't think of which one it was. It was one of the ones from Young Guns too. But it, it just had that, you know, Western feel to it. Um, I, I want to say that's a, it, it sounds like a Dobro, but I could be wrong. Um, either way, I, I love that. And then there's just like a hint of of steel guitar in there. Uh, a really nice blend. But it, it, I was going to make some really cheap joke about, you know, you go to play an Aerosmith song and all I hear is crickets. But I won't <laughs> make that joke. I would have made that joke, but I didn't. Well. I, I, I almost get this vibe. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie The Jerk. Oh, yeah, I love movie, The Jerk. In the beginning of the movie, he, he, he's playing with his family. I think at the end, too. I think it bookends. He's playing with his family on the porch. Yep. It feels a, a little bit like that. And it also feels a little bit like Emmer Otter's Drug Band Christmas, right? With the washboard and the way they're jamming out and that, too. And that's pretty crazy for, you know, like this is Aerosmith's big comeback album. Like we know that now. But the fact that this song exists on this album, I think is nuts and incredible at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, I actually saw The Jerk in the theater when it first came out. Ooh. Wow. I'm that old. Yeah. I was going to say, you know what that means? You're old. What'd you say, Sonny? <laughs> I don't know about you, John, but I'm kind of almost getting a, a Led Zeppelin vibe from this too, right? With the harmonica and the, mm. and the guitar, just the way it came in. I think that's, I think that's a great call. I think that's a, uh, you don't compare these bands enough and, and probably because you look at Joe Perry versus, ver, you know, Joe Perry and Tom Hamilton against Jimmy Page. And I, it, it, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not no slight on the other two men, but Jimmy Page is one of, one, one of these very few next level guitarists mm-hmm. that has great, great star ear, eardrums. I don't know that Steven Tyler and Robert Plant are as far apart as people would assume. Hmm. Um, you, you know, and and like I, I I'm we, we could have been doing a Zeppelin podcast because I could I could talk about them all day, but I would say their instruments 
aren't nearly as far apart as you would assume based on the, the bands that they're in. Here's where we can talk about Steven Tyler being an amazing blues vocalist, right? Like, uh, love his vocal style on this. And even just a little, uh, oh boy, don't you lie on the track. I like it. A little lack of lack he puts on the end, right? That just kind of ties the whole thing together. Uh, Steven Tyler, chef's kiss on this song. Fantastic work. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think this is one of the the vocal performances from him that's one of my favorites. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't have said, hey, you should sing more blues. But whenever I hear him do it, it's like, wow, you should sing more blues. You know, he's he's got such a great deep voice, especially because you don't have a lot of music filling in behind him right now. So that low voice is really thickening up the sound. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to get that part of it's going to get buried here in a minute when when the rest of the band kicks in. But he can really fill in a section by himself very, very well. And this is a great example of it. You know, and John, uh, you watched the uh, unplugged performance by Aerosmith uh, way back at the time, right? And uh, they do a killer version of Hangman Jury on that special, if I remember correctly. I actually feel like that was my favorite track off of that special. Mm-hmm. Um, it really sets the tone and the mood and and really fits that setting um, really well. Because it's a very intimate setting. And this is a very intimate song they're doing that that really lends itself to sm- smaller venues. Yeah, and that's a performance that's mainly Joe and Steven. Uh, the, the other band members are there, obviously, but it's really just Joe on the guitar, Steven on the harmonica, and those vocals that really carry Hangman Jury on that unplugged. Uh, go search it out. I'm sure it must be on YouTube somewhere, but a uh, fantastic version of this song. Yeah, but when he's when he's singing, because they double-tracked it, so you've got the harmonica playing behind him here, but when they did it unplugged, that would be a completely different feel because you're losing out on the harmonica completely. Yeah, and everybody's unplugged, so you don't kind of get that big push we're going to get uh, you know, a- after that first verse, right, uh, that we're going to get on, on the recorded version here. Right. If I could, I surely would. Stand on the rock that Moses stood. Singing, whoa, boy, don't you lie on the truck. Like a whoa, boy, don't you lie on the track. Whoa, boy, don't you lie on the truck. Like a whoa, boy, don't you lie on the track. Thanks so much, Gucci, man. My eyes were getting blurry. They say I nailed her to the wall. A stitching tattle made a thing, no thing that jewelry. You know, I I said when the rest of the band kicks in, we would lose that, you know, some of the depth of Steven Tyler's voice. But what compensates for it is that bass guitar coming in nice and thick and heavy. Um, It's just a a slight bit too much tambourine for me. Mm -hmm. I, I could use that dialed down and kind of mixed in a little bit better. But the rest of it, when the band kicks in, it doesn't it's not like a heavy rock riff or anything, but it it is powerful. It really is. I, I could almost use a little more kick drum, uh, like mm. the, the kind of the kick drum we got on Ragdoll. If we would have had yeah. that kind of power, that punch, 
uh, on this and less tambourine. I agree with you totally on that one. It would have been great, but lyrically, this is so fucking cool. And it just fits in Steven's wheelhouse, right? Like drink so much hooch. It made my eyes be getting blurry. That, that, that's such a great line. They say mm-hmm. I nailed her to the wall. A stitch in time don't mean a thing. No hangman jury. Like fantastic lyrics. This Steven's really, this to me is really one of the, the, real standouts from permanent vacation like john said one of his favorites from 87 one of mine too uh, we got quite a few songs on the mixtape and on the top 10 list from permanent vacation uh, and to me that you know th- this is maybe my favorite track off of it i mean i just want to go back to what scott said for a minute like i i, I agree with everything Corey just said especially with this being a top track off of a, a killer album but to take offense to the tambourine right Susan Day takes offense to you, Scott. <laughs> Susan Day of Partridge Family fame, who famously played the tambourine on the Partridge Family. Like, you, you, you need more. T- you're going to hear that tambourine in there, Scott. You're going to want more tambourine. I got a well, Susan Day's not listening to us anymore. Thanks, Scott. I, right? I will send her an apology cookie. Just point, point, pointing these small things out to you, Scott. That's what I'm here for. I, I do I use a tambourine a lot in my own music and I and I really like it but there's something about the frequency um, that can really cut through and it can almost be slightly ear piercing sometimes so uh, you know if they EQ'd it a little bit differently the volume might not be bad but I think if the if the tambourine is louder than the snare it's not properly balanced for me anyway well said now we're we're coming up to I almost want to call it a bridge. It doesn't lead into a chorus, though. Would you call it a bridge? But it's definitely different than what the verses are. But it's one of my favorite uh, favorite parts of the song here. I think it's a bridge to a song that doesn't really have a chorus. Oh, there you go. Well, first, there that shaker kind of almost gives you the ragdoll feel to it, to the beat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I love that the intro into that part. Steven's voice is so strong and smooth uh, that could that could just carry me anywhere, and I'd be like, I don't even care where we're going. I just want to ride that wave. Uh, this is one of my favorite Steven Tyler vocal performances of all time. It's so like, I know it's kind of spooky, but it's powerful at the same time. And the lyrics are just spot on. What you do when the gun that's loaded, shot her dead, and her heart exploded. Tell me, baby, now don't you worry like lying to a hangman jury. That's good shit. And and then add that bass guitar on there. Oh man, this is this is candy for the ears. I think this is a song, like I know it's early yet, but like we gotta consider this as a mainstay on, on, on whatever list it ends up on, because if it's this quintessential as Steven Tyler song, I don't see how it doesn't make one of the sides of this tape. I think yeah. we'd all have to fight each other to get rid of it. So I, I kind of don't see it leaving anytime soon. We've already and put I, it on the tape. We're not even halfway through the song yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's already on the ultimate Aerosmith top 10, but and my favorite line is coming up next. Uh, I swear I didn't know that 45 was loaded. So mm-hmm. I swear I didn't know that 45 was loaded. In fact, my memory ain't too clear. 
God, that's so great. I swear I didn't know that 45 was loaded. In fact, my memory ain't too clear. That's not to say she didn't get what she deserved. At least that's the way it looks from here. I love it. <laughs> and, and it's the way that, that he delivers it, too. You kind of feel like he's from the South, maybe. Like, he's delivering it with a dialect that's not the, the way he would normally speak. And I think that adds a little more to that, you know, sitting on the porch you know, with the with the grass growing high, everybody's just grabbing whatever's around them and making sound with it kind of feel. feels like it was done in one take sometimes like him going let's get out of here like directing where they're gonna go it feels so jazzy and, and like uh, in the moment like it almost feels like a one take song though the the like from what we're listening how would you guys feel it feels like they recorded it live together you know like they didn't multi-track i mean if, if i didn't know the harmonica had to have been double tracked because it's under steven's voice uh, it really feels like they literally just went in and sat down and recorded this song and then went home. I, I just saw my, my favorite review ever of this song. Uh, all music critic John Frank described it as an excellent hobo harmonica fable. Wow. <laughs> I like that. Works for me. Now, John, you love a good harmonica solo. We didn't really get a guitar solo. It was more of a harmonica solo, but that was pretty kick-ass. I love any offbeat instrument that you're going to give me and give me a, a solo. Like, if you if you give me the, the harmonica solo here, if it was an accordion solo on the Weird Al album, even if it were a tambourine solo, I'd be all into it. Hmm. And, and, and that, I love what's going on in the background too. With, with the bass is playing, there's a little bit of slide play on on the neck, and then you've got just that great rhythm guitar that's uh, just keeping things interesting without being dynamic. It's this is just a masterpiece of a of a song for me. Imagine having Joe Perry and Brad Whitford in your band and saying, "Just you know, play a little rhythm underneath. I'm going to bust out a harmonica solo on this, and have it work that well, right?" Mm -hmm. <laughs>
So the song is clearly about like when love ends, right? Well, it ends no, with murder, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying like even the way like Stephen's saying about it is like when love comes tumbling down, it's so upbeat and happy, right? And like the the lyrics are like like this is a dark song. <laughs> He's literally pleading his case to not get hung, like after murdering his wife. Yeah, it's a little dark, but lyrically, I, I think it's fantastic and. I, I I really kind of get a Led Zeppelin vibe from this. Like I, I could see like Jimmy Page and Robert Plant kind of busting this out, and uh, you know Joe Perry is no Jimmy Page, but like you said, Stephen Tyler and Robert Plant a lot closer than you maybe think. All right, that's Hangman Jury kicking off side two of 1987's Permanent Vacation, uh, an album I don't think that gets enough credit or enough love. There's a lot of great tracks on this. Uh, I know the two guys on the panel with me here agree. Uh, Scott, your final thoughts on Hangman Jury? Masterpiece. Um, I, I love the way that the instruments were dropping out at the end, you know, to, to kind of transition. Um, I also love all the the backing vocals and, and the harmonies in there that we didn't talk about. There's there's so much going on in layers and vocals that uh, it, it really adds so much depth to the song and, and warmth to it, too. Uh, just a masterpiece. Like I said, I, I could not ask for a better song from these guys. I don't think that we could have asked for a better song for scott's first episode with us right like it's a very underrated track in the aerosmith library like certainly there were more more, more well-regarded songs you know that we're going to get to on the list but this absolutely belongs on every greatest hits album that they put out and it's not there and they put out a lot of greatest hits i agree with you john uh so it's automatically going i i think we're all in agreement we're going to put it on our uh, ultimate Aerosmith top 10 uh, to round out uh, the 10 songs we currently have on there. Is that uh, correct in assuming that? I'm nah, saying yes. No, nah, I'm going to say no just to be difficult. <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, two to one. You're outvoted. This is nice. We have a we have a majority vote here. So let's recap ah. the current songs on the ultimate Aerosmith top 10 list. We have Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, Janie's Got a Gun, Crazy, Eat the Rich, Mamakin, Shut Up and Dance, Helter Skelter, and Hangman Jury. So the next time we roll a single, it, it'll it have to uh, take one of those off. And uh, that's a pretty strong list. There's a couple tracks I can see. Obviously, we're going to go to do some swapping, but uh, I'm going to fight like hell for songs like Chip Away and Let the Music Do the Talking. John's already threatening to take those off on me. So I have taste, Corey. Ouch. Well, we'll Ouch. see. They're all Aerosmith. 
All right. So because Hangman Jury is off the dice now, you know what? I alluded to it earlier in the show. Uh, Lord of the Thighs live bootleg. That's kind of the next one in the hopper. If you guys are cool with that, we're going to put that on the dice. Nice. And it's kind of uh, interesting because Lord of the Thighs, the uh, album version, was the very first song we ever covered on this show, John. Remember that way back when, episode uh, two? I mean, I remember we covered it. I couldn't tell you when, dude. They're, they're all blowing, blowing together me right now. I almost feel like we've done this one twice at this point. <laughs> Hangman Jury? It, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? But I think this one is the keeper. This was a great episode. Uh, Scott... Uh, let's put a bow on this one. Maybe let's let the folks know where where they can find you. Uh, you're a very, very busy fella. I know you're a writer. You're a podcaster. Fill us all in. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have uh, a couple of different book series coming out. Or, well, well, one's done. The What Happened in Vegas series is done. That's on Amazon. Uh, my book, Becoming an Indie Film Composer, is on Amazon and uh, Audible. And then uh, my new book series, The Universal Court, the first one's out. The next one will be out at the end of December and then the third and final at the end of January. You can find everything at www.scotthaskin.com. Perfect. And John Mariano, what do you got going on? I, just, I, I really, my, my, goal, my goal is that nobody finds me ever. So, I mean, you find me on Twitter if it is still around at uh, John Mariano NY on Twitter. Um, I tweet usually about podcasts or, you know, thoughts that hit my head sometimes, but that's about it. Well, you know, what you haven't done is that's give some love to the sponsor of the show. Why don't you tell us about pop rock and radio, John? Oh, you, you want me to do that right now at the end of the show? Yeah. Why you let me because do that we forgot the, the show. People, because people, I forgot. People probably stopped listening at this point, Corey. Oh, gosh, no. No, they're, they're glued to their uh, podcast player right now as we speak, waiting for you to give the copy on our sponsor, Pop Rock and Radio. Here it comes. Right now? Yep. I don't got it. All right. This is Ken Knapsock's <laughs> Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits, album cuts, and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. You, 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 you know what? You know one thing I can say about the Pop Rock Radio. Ken poured out um, a couple of days ago one called "The Slow Stuff," which is more uh, love, lust, and 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 things of this ilk that it, it fits. So if you have a hot and heavy night ahead of you, you pop on Pop Rock Radio and, and let that be the soundtrack to your night. And if not, he just did a, ho a holiday gift giving episode where there's some killer deep cuts on holiday music. If you haven't had enough of that on the radio already, um, Ken's got you covered because you didn't have to listen to um, the same old, same old, same old song. Ken might have found some deep cuts for you. What's with the juju bees on your oo bees? <laughs> there you go. Get your uh, Ken Napsock fix with the Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud. Uh, John and I are both members of that community. Uh, maybe you'll see us there some night. Uh, kicking around the chat room requesting songs. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, but on behalf of Scott Haskin and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. You can find me uh, on this show. You can find me on Backtracks Theme Music with John Mariano talking everything uh, music and movies. And of course, you can find me on And the Podcast Will Rock, the uh, only Van Halen podcast that's breaking down each track uh, one at a time. Uh, but until next time, uh, thank you very much for listening. And as always, we are going to give the final word to Steven Tyler. So